In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the new Coptic year. The year is now 1740 AM, uh, which means the year of the martyrs. Uh, and um, at the beginning of the year, just as at the end of the year, the church reminds us of the end of the world. Uh, at the beginning of the year, the church reminds us of um, the beginning of our Christian walk, which is why um, the, the gospel reading today focused on St. John the Baptist, who represents the baptism. He's the one who um, introduced baptism and was baptizing people before the coming of Christ in his ministry. Um, and so we, we focus on the newness, um, just as uh, at the end of the year we focus on the end, so at the beginning of the year we focus on the beginning. And um, here in, in verse 32 it says, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not weep. Which means that when it was the appropriate time for rejoicing, you did not rejoice. When it was the appropriate time for mourning and repentance, you did not repent. Um, and wh whichever person they were criticizing, whether it be Christ, they said that he is a glutton and a wine-bibber, meaning that he is enjoying himself and he is attending celebrations and these things, and they criticized him for it. But also St. John the Baptist, who was a very ascetic, who lived in the wilderness, who only ate locusts and honey, um, they also criticized him for who he was. So whether it's one way or the other, they, they, they both were being criticized. Um, but I want to focus on the idea that this idea of, of renewal, because again, this is what we are focusing on at the beginning of the year. And we can ask ourselves if we are being renewed. In Romans chapter 12, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so since the time of the baptism, of our baptism at the beginning, this is not simply a testament to um, our faith, and saying that I accept the Christian faith or I accept the Orthodox faith. But this is the beginning of the process of sanctification, which is a process of renewal that should be working in us from the time of our baptism until the very end of our life. But this work, which is a holy work, a work of the Holy Spirit in us, which is a work of transformation to change us from who we were to being more and more and more Christ-like. This is, of course, a work of the Spirit, but it also requires our participation in the work. It requires us to consent to the work. It requires things that for, for us to do in order to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit to be able to change us. Which is why you might find a person who, though they have been baptized uh, in the church, and yet their life doesn't appear to be very changed. Um, not not just at the beginning, but maybe throughout their life, they don't they don't they don't seem to be very changed. Maybe the old habits and the old ways that they came with um, at the beginning remain as they are, and maybe sadly sometimes even things get worse. So it is not the case that simply because someone is baptized in the church, then out of necessity and obligation that they are going to change. But no, now we have the potential to change. Now we have the work of the Holy Spirit, the grace of God working in us to allow us to change. And so we should be uh, being renewed, meaning the renewal is not something that just happens one time at the beginning of our Christian life, but it is a renewal that happens day by day through various things that I um, should be doing. So what are some reasons maybe that we find that we stagnate, that maybe at one point we found ourselves being renewed, but at, but, but at some point we begin to stagnate. We stop growing, we stop changing. Um, we can talk a, a little bit about some of the reasons. One reason is, is that we expect different results from the same practices. 
we expect different results from the same practices. So we keep doing the same thing uh, day after day after day and we expect that there's going to be some change or renewal that happens in us even though in our experience as we look back at the years nothing seems to change. Um, our lifestyle that we are living, whether it be a lifestyle where we are um, living in a kind of a sin or whether it be a lifestyle where we are not investing enough time in our spiritual life or a lifestyle where we have certain friends that maybe are dragging us down or that we practice certain things that are disrupting our, our growth, whatever the case might be, whatever the lifestyle is that we have chosen, maybe that lifestyle is a reason why uh, we are not growing. We are expecting that if we continue to do what we're doing because that's what's comfortable to us, um, that's what we enjoy, uh, that somehow with time there's going to be a change. <clears throat> Actually in Psalm 50 that we pray in the Agbeya, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, <coughs> and renew a steadfast uh, spirit within me. Like renew, renew my spirit. We're asking God to renew. So if we're asking God to renew, we have to ask ourselves the question, what are we doing to participate in the renewal? Am I looking at my life and saying, what is it that needs to change? Maybe there's something that God is waiting for me to change. He's waiting for me to take a step, to take an action. He is ready to change. He is ready to renew. He wants us to be renewed. But, but part of that renewal comes from conviction. That the, the Holy Spirit, one of the things the Holy Spirit does is it convicts us. It makes me feel like there is something that I need to change. There's something in my life that has to be corrected. And if I make an effort to begin to correct this thing that is an obstacle for me, then we will see the work of God begin to work. We will see the Spirit of God begin to work on our life in a very mighty way because he sees that we are, we are wanting it. You know, it's easy for us to make requests of God. It's easy for me to pray and ask God, God, I want you to fix this. I want you to heal me. I want you to help me. I want you to help me to grow. I want to overcome certain sins. But while we are making those requests, we make no effort in order to achieve them. We make no effort to increase our spiritual works. We make no effort to increase our prayers or our fastings. We make no effort to come to church. We make no effort to participate in the sacraments. We, we make no effort to forgive our enemies. We, we make no effort. And so we are simply asking God to do something while we sit back and, and do nothing and, and hoping that we can maintain the lifestyle that we have chosen because anything else requires some sacrifice or some discomfort because we are letting go of what is familiar to us. So one reason that we might not be growing or being living in this renewed life that we want to live from the moment of our baptism is that we are expecting the different results even though we are doing the same things again and again and again. Another reason maybe why we are not renewed is because we have frustrations that maybe um, are partly due to our own laziness. We are frustrated um, because the, 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 the results that we want to see are not there. Um, and so it kind of makes us want to give up. But maybe the, the reason why we don't see those uh, effects, those benefits, those changes is because of our own laziness. In Proverbs 13 verse 4 it says, The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. You know, we can ask ourselves, what is it exactly that we have tried? Maybe we are trying to pursue some kind of a spiritual growth, but even then we find that we are lacking. Things, things are not growing, things are not changing. Um, and maybe we've tried for a time, but we haven't reaped any fruit, and so we are we have given up. Um, but we can ask ourselves is how have we tried? Maybe our attempts have been incomplete. 
you know, maybe maybe there's something that I'm that that I'm holding back that I'm not doing completely or fully, or, or maybe I'm inconsistent. You know, even when we speak about our prayer life, maybe I pray one day and then 10 days I don't pray. And then I pray another day and then 10 more days I don't pray. And we say, are you praying? He's like, yes, I pray sometimes, right? But maybe the, the amount of the prayer that I have is not sufficient. Like if a person says, I only eat once every 10 days, um, but I'm not growing. I don't know why I'm not growing. Um, my health is, is, is deteriorating um, and I'm not growing. It's like, well, how often do you eat? Well, I eat once every 10 days. Well, that's not enough. Right, it's not enough. Like there's a certain amount that we need in order to sustain us, right? And so the same is true um, with prayer. Maybe also I struggle with um, doing the minimum. My attitude is such that what is the minimum that I need to do in order to be accepted? Instead of thinking that I want to excel and I want to succeed and I want to do whatever it takes in order to be successful, shall so you see the people who are the most successful in the world are those people who are willing to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. If it, if it takes me to, to work for 12 hours a day in order to be successful, people will work for 12 hours a day um, to achieve whatever goals that they want. Whatever it is that I need in order to be successful, that's what I'm willing to do. But when it comes to our spiritual life, maybe we don't feel this way. Maybe we don't feel like I'll do whatever it takes to grow closer to God. Instead, my focus is what is the minimum that I have to do to check the box to say that I did something, right? And so our attitude is not about really growth. Our attitude is more just about like fulfilling some duties or requirements that we feel that we have upon us. Um, also, maybe we are not dedicating enough time or we're not waiting. Sometimes people um, become frustrated because they haven't given God yet enough time to begin the process to work. Um, this happens sometimes when people are very overly zealous, um, very excited. Maybe again, like a person who is, 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 is a new Christian and feels very zealous about wanting to grow. And so they, they, they try to do everything, but they're frustrated because the changes aren't happening fast enough as fast as they would like. Um, and that's because real change takes time. Like sometimes we achieve these kind of superficial changes that we believe are permanent, but they only last for a short time. Like a person who went from like not praying at all to trying to pray the entire Agbeya every day. Well, maybe this is too much to try to take on yourself um, all at once and you need to start gradually, slowly, praying a little bit and then gradually increasing more and more as opposed to saying, I'm going to go from zero to 100 and then suddenly I find myself unable to maintain this because it is too difficult for me. Another reason why maybe we stagnate is because our expectations of what can be achieved is too low. It's too low because this is, we're saying these are expectations of God. Right? Our expectations of God are too low. Do I really believe that any spiritual work that I do can result in any change? Do I really believe that God can break the bonds of sin and addiction in my life? Do I really believe that he can do it? Because if I don't believe that he can do it, I will be unwilling to work to achieve it. Um, you know, we read the story of Naaman the Syrian. Naaman the Syrian was a Syrian commander of the army, and he was leprous. Um, and he had no way to be healed, and so he came to Israel, and Elisha told him to go and bathe in the Jordan River, and then he would be healed. But he was very, um, he, he, was, he was very skeptical. He said, what is it that can be achieved by this? What is it that's going to happen if I go and bathe in the Jordan River? What, what's going to happen? And he, ha he didn't even want to go. He didn't even want to go because he didn't believe that, that there would be any effect or any um, healing that would come. And then we read in, in chapter 5 of Second Kings, it says, So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. 
right? So he saw the work of God and, and, and the work of God that only God could do, which is to heal his leprosy. Um, and, and only then, only then did he really like believe and see. Um, so sometimes, again, God is asking us to do these things. He's asking us to pray. He's asking us to fast. He's asking us to, to do some small things. These are really small things. Who is the one who really does the big work? It's, it's God is the one who does the work. But if I don't believe that there's any benefit of these practices, if I don't believe that, that God is really going to answer, God is really going to work, then maybe I am not at all motivated to do anything at all. And again, I find myself just sitting back and every day is like the day before. I'm not making any changes. I'm not really working or struggling to, to renew myself in, in any way. So sometimes our faith is low, our expectations of God is too low, um, and we don't believe, and so we, we do nothing. The fourth reason maybe that we stagnate in our life is because we are trying to obey the letter of the law without the Spirit. In Romans chapter 7, it says, But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not the oldness of the letter. So as I said before, sometimes for us, the spiritual life is a checklist. It's just what is it that I, I'm required to do? And I'm focusing just on the requirements and, and to do them simply for the sake of them being done. Prayer is a checklist. Um, fasting is just a change of food. Tithing is without a generous spirit. Maybe even as I tithe, I hate it. Um, the, the, in order for the spiritual life to be fruitful, then we have to do things with a good intention and a good motive and out of faith. Not simply because we are forced to, not because we are afraid of the consequences if we don't do it, but instead because we believe. We believe that God has called us for these things and that these things are beneficial and they will draw us closer to God. So for me to, to live this renewed life that we are seeking to live, I have to do so in the Spirit and through the cooperation um, of the Holy Spirit. A fifth reason why maybe we stagnate is because we spend all of our time seeking to know the truth, but maybe not applying the truth. <coughs> um, St. Paul himself, who of course was one of the greatest apostles, wrote the majority of the New Testament, went and preached and established churches all throughout the world. He says about himself, he says, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified which is really can be, when we meditate on it, kind of a frightening thing, what St. Paul is saying. He's saying that I myself, the apostle, I myself who have seen the vision of heaven, I myself whom God is speaking to on a regular basis, have sacrificed all these things, I myself can be disqualified. I myself, if I don't discipline myself, if I don't put my, what is it that I'm preaching to everyone? What is it that I'm going around the world telling everyone? If I myself don't practice it in my own life, then I will lose my own salvation. It's not just because I have a certain rank. It's not just because I'm doing a lot of work and service. It's not because I'm just sacrificing of my life. But if I myself don't discipline myself, then I, have the, I, 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 I can also fall. Um, so, for instance, sometimes um, people make a habit of doing good things. They are good, like maybe listening to sermons or attending Bible studies, attending a seminary or going to the like a studying theology, um, being able to teach and learn and reading books and whatnot. All these things are, are great. But sometimes we compartmentalize our knowledge of Christianity from the life of the Christian. We say, okay, I know certain things. I, I have certain beliefs. 
and 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 I'm, I'm gaining knowledge and, and growing in my knowledge but that knowledge is not translating into my life it's not translating into holiness to a godly life it's not translating into forgiveness of my enemies it's not translating into repentance it's not translating into giving up the things that are the obstacles and barriers between me and God it's just more information just like a person would study any subject and become very proficient in it and be able to teach and maybe be even recognized for their proficiency and how they're excelling at that at that subject and be asked to teach and to be a Sunday school servant and to go to go and give uh, sermons and lectures and all kinds of things because they're recognized for their great knowledge in a certain topic but when it comes to their personal life maybe they are not really applying this maybe this is not actually drawing them closer to god but only making them more puffed up with the knowledge that they have so this is another reason maybe that we are not being renewed is because though we seek information and knowledge and reading and listening to sermons but we are not applying them in the proper way the last point that i want to mention is maybe why um, we are not being renewed is because we have beloved sins the beloved sins are the sins that are off limits to god we tell him, I'm willing to, to follow all of these other things that you want me to do, but there's a certain thing, there's a certain area in my life where I'm not willing to compromise and I'm not willing to give it up. We see this maybe in the example of the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, when he came to Christ and he asked him, what is it that I should do to inherit eternal life? Uh, Christ told him, follow the commandments. You know, you know the commandments, follow the commandments. And he tells him, these commandments I have followed since my youth right very matter-of-factly like I've followed all of these commandments okay um, but then the Lord looking deeper into him and of course knowing him he said no there is one thing you lack go sell all that you have right go sell all that you have and deny yourself and come and follow me why because this idea of his wealth was his beloved right it was his beloved it was the thing his attachment to his wealth the thing that he that he couldn't give up this was the thing that actually prevented him from drawing closer to God it wasn't that he didn't follow the commandments. He followed the commandments, right? But there was something, some area of his life that was, he was so attached to that he wasn't able to separate himself from it. And this ended up becoming the reason why that though the Lord called him to be a disciple, it says the man went away sad because he had great wealth and he couldn't do what the Lord asked him to do. So Christ revealed to him that though he has many good qualities and he has many good things that he is doing in his life, but his beloved sin and his beloved attachment was something that he could not let go of. And that was the thing that was his obstacle, his, his, the thing preventing him from growing and in, 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 into the next stage and the next level of his life. And of course, we also read when the Lord is speaking about the divided kingdom. He says, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. So if there is a part of me that is for God, but there is another part of me that is against him or for myself, then we will find that this war that is happening inside of us um, is preventing us from growing because we are choosing to continue to, to, to pursue the beloved sins. Now, it doesn't mean that um, there is not a spiritual struggle in each of us. For sure there is. But whenever there's a sin that I am struggling with, I come and repent of it. I confess the sin and I say, this sin is wrong and I want to overcome the sin. But sometimes there are certain sins where we don't even want to confess it. We don't even want to accept that it's wrong and we want to pursue it, whether in our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, whether it be relationships, whether it be something else in secret that we do or 
these things that are our beloved sins that we try to be uh, believers and and followers of Christ while at the same time I have this like you know the the rich young ruler could have told Christ you know I will follow you but I'm not going to give up my money like I'll come and follow you I'll come and, and do the things that that you are doing and I, and I want to be with you and I want to be with the other disciples right and I, I'm a believer right but I'm not going to give up the money right but Christ knew that the money was actually the obstacle that was actually the thing that prevented him from being actually able to be a true disciple. So sometimes we want to be a disciple, but we want to be a disciple on our own terms. We want to be a disciple without giving up the things that really we, we love the most. And this is actually where the problem is. The problem is, is that Christ is asking us to give us all of ourselves to him, not just part, not just the, the convenient things, not just the things that are easy for me to give up, but the things that are hard. He wants me to give up my 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 attachments to the world he wants me to give up all the things that i believe are going to bring me joy apart from him you know sometimes we go through our life fixated on a certain desire that we have whether that desire is for a spouse the desire is for uh wealth the desire is to be healed of a sickness uh, whatever the case is we have a certain desire and we are so convinced that if i receive this thing that i long for then i will be happy that this is the thing that's preventing me from being happy. And maybe because God hasn't granted it to us, we begin to develop bitterness toward God. We say, God, you are not loving because you have not granted to me the thing that I wish, the thing that I desire, the thing that I pray for and yearn for so much, you have not granted it to me. And so this is the thing God maybe is asking us to give up. He says, no, you have to give up this feeling. You have to give up. You have to completely trust me for whatever it is that I'm going to allow in your life. And don't hold on to this, this desire, this attachment for this thing that you have. It doesn't mean that God might not grant it to us. He might grant it to us for sure. But the attitude that we have, which is that unless you grant this to me, I will not follow you. Unless you allow me to live life on my own terms, I will not follow you. I'm going to remain angry. I'm going to remain bitter and resentful towards you. This is the problem. And sometimes this is the beloved sin. The beloved sin might be a beloved desire that I have that has been unfulfilled up until now. And this is what actually draws me away from God. And it causes me to be a divided kingdom in myself because I'm unwilling to let, let it go. I'm unwilling to consider the possibility that maybe God hasn't given it to me for a good reason. Maybe it's not as good as I imagine. Or maybe the timing is not yet right for God to grant it to me. So in conclusion, we spoke about six reasons why maybe we do not maintain a life of renewal, why we are not renewed in our life. The first is we expect different results from the same practices. We do the same thing over and over, but we believe that somehow uh, the results are going to change. Two, we're frustrated and maybe because of laziness, maybe because we are not all in, we are not putting in our full effort. We try and try and yet we don't see any results and so we become frustrated and we give up. The third is low expectations. We don't really believe that God is actually able to renew us. We look at the magnitude and the quantity of our sins. We look at our past. We look at our addictions. We look at all the things that are burdens to us and we say, how is it possible that God could even remove these things? And so we don't really put any effort or even ask him to remove them. Four is we obey the letter without the spirit. We, we focus only on fulfilling the duties without understanding that we are actually worshiping God. 
that God is the one who is, who is behind all the things we are doing, and he can grant us um, this, this spirit of renewal that we are seeking. Five is we seek to know but not to apply. We fill our minds with knowledge and information, but we don't actually apply it. And then number six is the beloved sins, the things that we are unwilling to let go of, like the rich young ruler. And this, again, prevents our renewal. So at the beginning of the Coptic year, we should focus on this idea of renewal to remember the baptism. Of course, many of us maybe were baptized as infants, um, but to remember what baptism is and why is it that we were baptized and that it represents this renewed life and we are called to be living in this renewed life day after day after day. It's not just something that happened long ago, but it's something that is a continual process that we do in our life day by day. And glory be to God forever. Amen.